there are many ways of defining fitness. My Webster's New World College Dictionary defines fitness as the condition of being fit, suitability, appropriateness, healthiness, etc. Which might just be the worst definition in the history of definitions. I'm no scholar, but I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to use the word you're defining in the actual definition. So back to the dictionary for a definition of fit. My dictionary defines the adjective fit as in good physical condition, healthy. Okay, so a little bit better there, but it seems vague and still not particularly helpful. But I suppose a better question would be, what does fitness mean to you? It seems to me that we all tend to view fitness through our own lens. Ask an endurance runner what fitness is, and she'll likely answer that it's someone who can go long distances. Ask a sprinter, and the answer is likely to be someone who is very fast. Ask a powerlifter, and the answer will almost certainly include strength and the ability to lift very heavy things. Today's guest has her own take on the definition of what it means to be fit, and I think you'll be hard-pressed to argue with her definition. Welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life, no matter your age, so you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Paula Chambers is here, and she's going to help us learn to listen to our bodies. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Levels. Levels is a new partner of mine. I recently found them and was attracted to their commitment to high-quality supplements with minimal ingredients. They give you all of the good stuff without any of the junk found in so many supplements today. No sugar, soy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, fillers, or proprietary blends. Their grass-fed whey is my go-to protein powder. It tastes great and is a fantastic source of clean protein. You can check them out over at silveredgepartners.com. Just click on the levels icon. And because you're a listener of this show, you can get 20% off your first order when you use coupon code SILVEREDGE20 at checkout. Again, that's silveredgepartners.com. And be sure to use coupon code SILVEREDGE20. That's SILVEREDGE20 all run together at checkout. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. Dr. Paula Chambers. Paula is a dance healer and somatic educator whose mission is helping people build wellness, mindfulness, and self-esteem by moving through music, sensing their bodies, and feeling their feeling. Join us today as Paula helps us reconnect to our feelings through movement. Without further ado, let's meet Paula. Well, I was born in 1962, the only child of an actress and a director in New York City. And when I was five, they got divorced. And that divorce had a lasting impact on my self-esteem. It might have had more impact than it might on another child for a couple of reasons. I was an only child. And also it was what they call a low conflict divorce. 
There was no teacup throwing, no yelling, no physical abuse in any direction. And research has shown that it is the low-conflict divorce that often has the greatest emotional impact on the child because the child thinks everything is fine and then suddenly it's way not fine and it's like nothing makes sense anymore after that's very disorienting. So I now see looking back, which is the great thing about being over 50s, being able to understand looking back, I I now see that that really had a lasting impact on my self-esteem and therefore on my life. It influenced my choices. In my 20s, I, I tried I mean, I was very promiscuous in my 20s, my early 20s, thinking that, I mean, everything I did was in an attempt to either numb my pain or get the love that I felt that I lost because of that divorce. The fact is I didn't lose the love, but because I was five years old, I thought it was my fault. So that's what five-year-olds do. That's the five-year-old brain. So I was run by my five-year-old brain throughout my life. And I tried sex, I tried drugs, and then I tried therapy. And later, as I got healthier and ditched the sex and drugs, I tried work, you know, earning the love back by being awesome at this or that, or at awesome at something that my parents cared about. The film business, for example, academia was my second career. And I did get better gradually as the decades rolled by. As I got older, based on positive experiences of myself in challenging life situations, another benefit of being middle-aged is that when you're only 25, you have less experience that to draw on as you look at who am I. But life will throw things at you and how you handle those is part of how you build your self-concept and your self-esteem. So I benefited from the passage of time, but my healing really accelerated when I discovered Nia Technique in 2010 when I was 48. I've always loved to dance. So I'm the kind of person who has always really loved to dance. Not everyone is like that. But since I was like that, when I discovered Nia with its emphasis on sensing your body while moving, I was transfixed transported and transformed by Nia. And the it, its emphasis on sensation in particular was extremely important for me. I had been in dance classes before where it's all about getting the move right or how it looks. You know, do you look good doing it? But with Nia, it's about what does it feel like when I do those moves that the instructor is modeling? What does it feel like in my body, which might be different from how it feels like in somebody else's body. So by encouraging me and teaching me through to sense my body while moving, I discovered that my body actually has a voice. It the the we call sensation the body's voice in Nia. The body can't speak to us in words. It only has sensations. And by listening to my body's voice, I discovered my body is me. I discovered a whole new way of defining a whole new foundation for my sense of self. I developed a whole new body-based sense of self. And no one can refute my sensory experience. It is mine alone. Only I know what it feels like to do these moves today in my today body. And so that really, whoa, really healed It gave me a foundation that I can count on, that only my body is 
is mine. It is only mine. And no one else knows what it's like to be me in my body. No one else can argue or refute or cast doubt. It's the truth. It's the truth. So that through doing Nia more and more and experiencing feeling that in Nia we call the joy of movement, which is a very holistically uplifting feeling that the choreography and music are designed to create by feeling joy of movement on a regular basis, it really elevated the my resilience. It elevated my happiness day in, day out. Because after a good Nia class, the joy lasts hours. And when you do two or three a week, you're sailing along on a magic carpet of joy. So it made me happier just because of the joy of movement. And it healed my ancient trauma by reconnecting me to my body through sensation. An after-effect of trauma is the disassociation from your sensations. So by reconnecting me to my body, it gave me a self-engineered, self-led method of healing where no therapist need be involved and where talking is not what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot in there. And I love that story, by the way. So I did not know that about divorce. I know obviously divorce does some not fun things to, to children. I'm also the, a child of divorce. And I think in our age, we were probably the first generation that that came up, a lot of us in in these split homes. But you mentioned that the way you perceived that early pain and the way you reacted to it was, you know, you're trying to to numb the pain or to find the love. And you said, you mentioned, I tried sex, I tried drugs, I tried finding it through validation and through therapy and through then later through my career. Well, if I just do this then, or maybe if I work hard enough, I won't feel this. But it wasn't until you found this Nia technique at age 48 and you talked about this sensing your whole body and you said, I think you said it transformed me, it transfixed me. It just had this very profound, obviously very profound effect on your life, right? And it healed you ultimately. And I'd love that you talk about our bodies have a voice. We've talked about this on this show in the past. Way back early on, I interviewed a CrossFit Games champion. So he's one of the fittest men in the world in his age division. And one of the things he said in that interview was, you know, Kevin, my body whispers to me and I have to listen and respond. And, you know, this is an, an elite athlete talking. And I thought to myself at the time, well, holy moly, most people don't hear our bodies when they whisper to us, that we don't hear them or respond when they talk to us. We don't hear or respond to them when they scream at us. We hear it when our bodies break or there's some sort of something bad happens, right? But I love the way you talk about almost this sacredness of physicality, because this is something I'm currently exploring as well. And you said, I think you said, my body is me, right? And that nobody can take that from you. So before, I want to talk a little bit about the vocabulary. I want to talk about Nia. But before we go there, let's kind of pull that apart. When you say my body is me, what specifically are you talking about? Can you expound on that a little bit? Yes, yes. Because of the way I was raised, I was always really cerebral because that was what was valued in my household. And my parents did not have a regular exercise practice of their own. And, you know, actor, director, it's all about dialogue and motive and humanity and, you know, non-physical things until you get to blocking and then it's physical. <laughs> but so I 
I neglected to develop a real sense of my body until my, until my twenties, I felt that my body was basically a pedestal for my head and that I was on, I was a head, which is Paula sitting on a pedestal with little wheels on it to move me around and two little paddles, my hands to shove in food to keep the head powered. And that really was how I experienced my body. But because I like to dance, I engaged in many other dance activities prior to finding Nia. It's not like I never danced before that moment. But then when I got to Nia and it was about sensing my body, it opened up my whole body to be as valid as my mind in my self-concept. I sensed my consciousness. I now sense my consciousness imbuing every one of my cells. Every cell is a lie. Every cell is Paula. My pinky toe is as much Paula to me now as my mind. And it feels glorious, absolutely glorious. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And, and I love that. I love the way you talk about that, that the, I think that that's quite common. And sometimes that when we when we think of the stereotype of the uber fit man or woman, we might think, oh, there's a, a very self-absorbed vain person and they must live in the gym and they must love drinking kale smoothies and eating salads every day. But, and that may be the case, but it, it's not necessarily, right? This could be somebody who's very, very in touch with the physical side of themselves and understands, like you're saying, how did you say it? You said your consciousness is imbuing every cell in your body and that your mind isn't separate. Your brain certainly isn't separate. Your brain's a part of your body and your mind is this extension, right? This abstraction. But I love the way that you talk about the body being a part of your whole self and this very holistic, obviously, framework that you've built here and that you experience this through this Nia technique and dance. So I think this is a perfect time to segue into what the heck is Nia technique? Nia technique is a holistic dance fitness practice that was started in the early 80s by Debbie Rosas and Carlos Rosas in Northern California. It was a initially a reaction against the very popular aerobics movement at the time, which was very high impact. You know, all that bouncy, 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 do, 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 the whole Jane Fonda thing, you know, and, and, but they were aerobics teachers and they noticed, well, if this is supposed to be so great for me, why do I feel so terrible? Why do I hurt all the time? I mean, they were professionals. They, so they were teaching 10, 15 classes a week and they felt absolutely awful. And there was a fairly high injury rate in their students as well, as well as themselves. And science has shown that there's a, like a, is it a 47% injury rate among teachers and like 25% among students? Those might not be the exact numbers, but people who do conventional aerobics get hurt. And so they felt, and also they noticed that it made them feel all jacked up in their nervous systems. That whole mainstream fitness ethos of, come on, let's do it harder. Come on, get him up, get him up. That whole almost military force, which is really against sensation. It, we treasure endurance, right? Come on, keep it. Don't feel the pain. Don't feel it. Just keep going, going, going. Get them up. That make it, that made them all jacked up and feed their nervous systems felt uncomfortable and unhappy. And so they thought there has to be a better way. 
So they went out and they learned nine different movement forms. They explored three forms of dance, three forms of martial arts, and three of the healing arts. And they took elements of the essence of each of these blind movement forms and blended them together to form Nia technique. The, the word Nia was originally an acronym, non-impact aerobics. So Nia is very cardiovascularly intense, but there's no jumper, jumper, bounce, bounce, and it's all, it's extremely low impact. Of course, it's not no impact, <laughs> not zero, but close. It's very soft and cushioning, and it spreads the impact out through, throughout the whole body. And more than that, so it's physically a change from aerobics, but it's also the holistic nature of Nia. It's what they discovered when they moved these nine different ways was a feeling called the joy movement. And they decided to create moves and select music that are designed to work together to create that sensation, the joy of movement. My experience of gym-based group fitness classes, even dance fitness, is that very few of them create actual joy of movement. They mostly create joy of it being over to me. But in, in <laughs> yeah, that's well said. You know, you're looking at the clock going, oh my God, 20 minutes left. Oh, you know, but with Debbie and Carlos, they created an experience where the time flies by. You're like, no, no, don't let it end. It's so beautiful. It's so fun. It's so rich. So they created this, the first hybrid movement form, and it is distinctly holistic in nature. It addresses your emotions, your brain, your, your spirit, your body, and your emotions, all four realms of the human being. Okay, so it's not surprising that that's where you're going. Is this very holistic movement for mind, body, spirit, right? And I obviously I did not know that that the Nia stood for non-impact aerobics, right? And we're kind of I guess sprang out of that anti-boot camp because you're right. That's very not being aware of your body. That's shutting down and and pursuing on. And while you might make a case for small doses of that could be effective for some people, certainly that as your as your routine is going to lead to some some long-term problems and is not going to connect you better to your body and to feeling and uh, these other things, right? Results if you choose that as a lifestyle choice. That's that's true. Yes. And we talk about that on this show, certainly not anti-cardio, but just that that savage boot camp, CrossFit, Orange Theory, just these go hard Metcon style things. Again, I look, I, I'm a CrossFit coach myself. <laughs> I do think that dose appropriately for a certain population of people that that's fantastic. But to your point, if that's all you're doing is just hammering yourself, you're doing yourself a, a metabolic disservice, but it, what we're, what we're unpacking here is more of a holistic whole body disservice, right? We're not, we're not getting in touch with ourselves. We're not using these other modalities. So Nia comes from this couple, they're bringing three movements, I think you said from dance, three movements from martial arts, and three movements from healing modalities. So what might a typical Nia technique session look like? So somebody who's never done this, say they walk into a class or come to one of your virtual classes, perhaps, what what does that experience look like? Let's kind of walk through that, that class. Yes. Every Nia class has the same seven-part structure. The same thing happens at the beginning and next and next and next. What varies is 
the exact music and choreography that's being done and the teacher's unique individual personality. So the seven cycles, we call them of Aenea class, are uh, setting the focus. The teacher sets a focus for the class, which could be a body part. Like today, we're going to focus on our shoulders with our sensation and our attention. Not that all the movements will be. No, no, no. But it's where our awareness is. Or it could be a non-physical thing. Like just the other day, I taught a class with a focus on not knowing making friends with that moment when you don't quite know what to do. So that's a very, a very different focus. So the teacher sets the focus, then we step in. It is a physical stepping in, taking a short step forward. And we're barefoot, by the way. Mia is a barefoot fitness practice. And then we, there's a warm-up period where we do the first few songs that are slower and lower energy with smaller movements. And then the bulk of the class between 35 and 45 minutes is in the longest cycle of the seven called get moving. That's where we're, where the intensity is up and the, and the, the, the songs still are going by, at, but we're doing different moves with every song. And we're really, you know, we're feeling our heart rush. We're sweating. We might be making sounds. Ah, ah, you know, what, whatever happens. It's the most exciting part of the class. And then we have cool down where a song will bring our energy back down, let our, let our cardiovascular systems settle down a bit, and then floor play, which resembles, that the cycle resembles a, a gym-based dance fitness class. Then we go to the floor and we stretch. But floor play is different from stretching. Floor play is literally play. Play with your body on the floor. Because you can do things on the floor you can't do standing up. And yes, there's stretching involved in that, but the, but the, the ethos of play permeates the floor play section. And then we step out at the end. Okay. So you've got a, a, a fairly structured program here. And it sounds like it's going to be, it's going to follow kind of that. We're going to warm up. We're going to, of course, we're going to step in and we're going to warm up. We're going to have this workout and then we're going to cool down. But there's a lot more going on in there. It sounds like certainly you mentioned that in that get moving phase, you may be making moves. It sounds like maybe that's a cathartic sort of thing or a therapeutic time for a lot of people, or it could be, right? As opposed to just a, hey, I'm getting my sweat on or I'm getting in shape. So again, that holistic sensibility there. So, okay, now that we've got an understanding of Nia technique, well, actually, before we go away from Nia technique, so somebody listening to this says, hmm, that sounds like a step above my current aerobics or Zumba class. That's intriguing. How popular is this? Is, is this something people would expect to find in their communities? Is this growing? What's the, what's the prevalence of Nia technique? Nia technique is not nearly as visible or popular as, say, Zumba. The Zumba organization has invested probably millions of dollars in making Zumba a household name. Nia has not had millions of dollars to invest and has chosen to focus on the quality of their offering, the quality of Nia and the quality of the outstanding trainings that they offer. Nia education is just incredible for teachers and non-teachers alike. So now, in recent years, they have shifted. They have shifted, and they really want now to make Nia a household name. So they're starting the process in a very serious way of raising the, vis the visibility. There are about 
2,000 to 2,500, I don't know the exact number, NIA teachers in the world. They are mostly in the United States. There's a goodly number in Europe, a few sprinkled around in Asia, and a nice community in Israel and South Africa and Budapest, of all places. So there are, it's mostly in the English-speaking world, not entirely. Certainly the Western world, it's safe to say, but not entirely. There's some, there's a few in Asia. Okay, spreads out. Yeah, and, but it is not, you cannot expect to find Nia at your local gym. What you can say is, I, hey, gym manager, I would really like to have a Nia class at this gym. Here's the website. Here's where, you know, see, is there a Nia teacher in this community? Maybe there is. So that would really help if people could do that. Okay, so there you go. We're going to help spread the spread the mission here, getting Nia into a, making that a household name, getting into your local gyms. So before we move on, I, I have a couple other vocabulary pieces I wanted to touch base with you on. We've read in the intro that you are a dance healer, and I think probably after this discussion we've just had, most people maybe now have a sense for what dance healing is, but. Do you mind just talking a little bit about what you mean when you say dance healing? Yes, that was my choice of words. I could have called myself Nia Technique Instructor or Nia Teacher. I could, but since not enough people know what Nia is, that didn't do me enough good as a marketing hook. So I chose Dance Healer because I, in my approach to teaching Nia, am really all about the healing of the healing aspect of Nia. Other teachers, there are many others like me that are also really into the healing aspect. Others are from the fitness world and they really like what it does on a fitness level. So each teacher has his or her own unique personal brand because they're a unique person and their own take on Nia. Nia is so multifaceted that there's room for a number of different approaches, but I love the healing part of it. So I called myself a dance healer. And you mentioned somatic education. Mm -hmm. Soma means body. And somatic education is any form of education that helps you learn about and live in your body. Love it. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of somatic education there. I I love that you call yourself a, a dance healer and a somatic educator. So Let's talk a little bit, speaking of the, you said some people bring more of a healing philosophy to this, others more of a fitness. I, You talk about the, or I suppose it's a, this may be a Nia branding thing, but the five sensations of fitness and their flexibility, agility, mobility, stability, and strength. Do you mind talking a little bit about what those are and how specifically Nia technique addresses those? Absolutely. It is a major paradigm shift to define fitness as a set of sensations rather Mm -hmm. than a set of skills or benchmarks. You know, it's a, Nia represents a rejection of the conventional mainstream definition of fitness as well. How far can you run? How fast can you run? How much weight can you lift? What's your BMI? None of that has any meaning in the Nia world because in Nia, we see fitness as a set of sensations that we experience for ourselves. Flexibility, agility, mobility, stability, and strength. And then we learn what those sensations are with regular practice of Nia. Flexibility feels like energy traveling along the bones. As we, in fact, you can do it with your hand. I know your listeners won't 
necessarily be able to follow this as well, but I'll try to cue it. You take your hand and flick all five of your fingers out. Ah, like, oh no, stretch them out, stretch them out. That's right. So you're making your hand as big as it can be. And so you are stretching your hand muscles while you're doing this. And that sensation of length in each finger, that is the sensation of flexibility. Now, agility is the flick one. I got them screwed up there. Flick, flick, flick. The stop at the end, the feeling of flicking those fingers is agility because agility really boils down to the ability to stop and change direction. Next time you watch a dog agility competition, for example, notice that the dogs are, are like the slalom course, you know, ba-ding, ba-dong, ba-ding, ba-dong. That's agility. And I'm sure athletes are well familiar with that also. The mobility, the ability to move and sense movement in all directions, all limbs, simultaneous whole body movement. That's mobility. And stability is related to balance. When you are well balanced and moving your body, there is a sensation in there of what it feels like to be balanced. That is the sensation of stability. So it's a little bit different, less measurable than balance, which is externally visible and measurable. The sensation of stability is what it feels like to be balanced. And lastly, strength is muscles packing in on the bone. Take that hand and make a fist. Now you, the sensation is very different than when you stretch the hand way out, right? So it's that's muscles packing in on the bone is what strength feels like in Nia. And with regular practice, once you learn what these sensations are and how to feel them in your body, as you do more Nia and more other exercise too, you will become better able to sense, ooh, I feel more strength today when I'm doing that move than I did a couple months ago, or, ooh, I love the agility that I'm feeling as I go in that part of the song. So by making fitness a set of sensations, it puts the student, the practitioner, in charge of how fit you are. There's no measurement, no judgment, no values. It's only sensory experience. It's kind of Going back to the beginning is going to help us redefine ourselves, right, as we start to experience these things. Now, a couple of things that strike me about these five sensations of fitness and one that strikes me as you were just mentioning those is we in the health and fitness space have been arguing over what fit means forever. We just don't, there's not a good working definition of fitness. If you look at it in the dictionary, there's this very bland, generic definition that means nothing. If you talk to an endurance athlete, it means something. If you talk to a strength athlete, it means something different. But I think that the way you're talking about how we experience these ourselves and the sensation in our body is a pretty good starting place. The other thing that really strikes me about the five sensations of fitness as I look through that list is that's a list that something all of our listeners, everybody over 50, should be very interested in. Your flexibility, we know that we lose that as we age. We lose agility as we age. We lose mobility, which really is that that strength and control through that full range of motion. So it's a little different than flexibility, that stability that you mentioned, that 
sense of balance, which again, those of us over 50 going into 60s, 70s, and 80s certainly are should be concerned with, and then strength. We all know, or most of us know that sarcopenia is that age-related muscle loss. Once upon a time, scientists looked at that and said, well, people get old and they lose muscle, therefore aging decreases muscle. Makes sense, right? We're not built to last forever. We now know that uh, that is that is due in large part to our lifestyle. Older people stop doing things to keep them and make them strong. So I love, all, I love all of that. Now on your website, as I was researching for this, for this episode, of course, I was very interested in the five sensations of fitness, but I think right below your five sensations of fitness, you've got another section that says, Oh, by the way, not only are you going to develop your fle- flexibility and your agility and your ability, your stability and your strength, but you're going to be, in, you're going to increase your joy. You're going to increase your healing. You talk about playfulness and safety and power and acceptance. And do you want to expound a little bit about that? I think we probably have a pretty good idea where you're going there from what you've said before, but we're not just working on these physical attributes. There's these other attributes that come along with this modality. Is that fair? Yes, it was way fair. Yes. <laughs> okay. Out that from the rooftops, because Nia is more than just a physical fitness practice. It is a holistic, whole person activity. And unlike mainstream group fitness classes, where it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter what you're thinking when you're doing one of these other dance forms or some other class, like just keep pumping and you'll be fine. You know, it doesn't matter. You'd be thinking about your dry cleaning. In Mia, it does matter what you're thinking, what your awareness is on. And part of the, the, the way that Mia addresses the mental aspect of you is it teaches you how to consciously direct what you're focusing on. Then that's part of the purpose of having a focus for each class. That, okay, today we're going to focus on, say, our hands. And then you, the, the, the teacher, a good teacher, will remind during the course of the class, will cue you to sense how your hands feel doing this movement or that movement, and will remind you to sense your hands. And so the, we learn we, that we can choose what to focus on. We can consciously direct our attention. That is a very important life skill. And the joy that Nia is designed to create, not everybody's going to love Nia. It doesn't give everybody joy. If you don't like to dance, it probably won't give you the joy of movement. But the people who do like to move, it is extremely uplifting. I feel when I emerge from Nia class, I feel sweaty, alive. All of my nerve endings are open and receiving new sensations. I feel delighted and awakened. And that is a great way to feel going through life. It helps me personally cope with stress. There was one time when I had a terrible personal conversation with a friend who was very angry and ended our friendship right before I had to teach. And I almost thought, oh my God, how can I go teach? But I decided, well, I'm a professional, so I better go teach. And I don't know how this is going to go, right? Within a minute of the music starting and me starting the class, I felt as though I was standing under a waterfall of goodness, the goodness and beauty of the music, the goodness and beauty of the movements, my personal goodness. It restored my self-esteem in a minute. People do drugs for that kind of emotional relief. 
people do addictive drugs and engage in all kinds of harmful behaviors to get that kind of relief. This relief is real. Yeah, that relief is real, and that relief is healthy, that relief is sustainable, that relief has a lot of good side effects, as opposed to some of the other alternatives that you're that you're mentioning there. Okay, so as we're kind of winding up here, people are people listening to this, if they're curious, you had mentioned that there's a website for and maybe they could find if there's a, a, a an instructor near them. But if somebody's curious and wants to try this, what are some what are some options for them to see if they can get engaged in this and try this out? I think the most important thing is to realize, to say to yourself, okay, when I find a neoplast for me, which is step two, step one is realizing I don't have to be good at this. This is very hmm. unlike a regular dance class where you go in a little nervous you know, most people go in a little nervous, like, oh, God, I hope I'm okay. I hope I'm, I don't make a total idiot of myself. There is no idiot. There, there, there is no not being okay. Nia allows so much freedom in the way you execute the movements that it really doesn't matter how you do it. You don't have to imitate the instructor, make your body look like his or hers. It is the freedom is really incredible. So prepare yourself mentally to really be free. And to shed that mental habit of keeping up or of comparing yourself to other people. Mm. It is not easy to shed those neural pathways. It is not easy to change that. But start now before your first class. Go in thinking, I am going to experience movement as sensation with no judgment. That is the first step I recommend. Second step is finding yourself a class. And there are in-person classes in some places. I would say lots of places, but then of course, you know, I don't know what where your listeners are. But the the website for to find all of the classes online and in person is called NiaNow.com. N-I-A-N-O-W.com. You will find me on there as well as many other teachers. And maybe you'll be lucky and there is an in-person class in you, or maybe if you prefer online, there are definitely all online classes are near you. So in right. that case, prefer that you go to my website. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that because I, I did want to go there because at this day and age, this virtual world, and of course, COVID has really blown this open. Everybody who had any kind of in-person practice, regardless whether it was in this health and wellness space or something else, has now got a virtual practice. So- Talk about that. If somebody wants to experience, because you had mentioned it might be a little intimidating to go to a class. And I love the idea that you're saying, hey, because gym intimidation is real. It's real for adults as it is for younger people, but and maybe even more so for older people. If you go to an aerobics class, you don't know all the moves can seem intimidating. People are young and they're fit and they're wearing these ridiculous tight spandex things and the music's crazy. And, and likewise, if you go to a gym, there's big sweaty men and women lifting huge weights. And if you're not there yet, it could seem a little intimidating. So first things first, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to enter this with an open mind. And what about doing Nia technique at home? Personally, I love it. And I notice as when I went through the shift from in-person only prior to the pandemic to online only because of the pandemic, I did notice that I lost a number of students for a number of reasons that have nothing to do with them not wanting to do it online. Like you need a little bit of floor space in your house. You need maybe like an eight foot by eight foot square 
or a six by nine foot rectangle. It's not a lot of space, but some people don't even have that. So boom, I lost them. And, and other people really just are over, over, they're sick of online things, especially now that it's been going on for a couple of years. And it's like, last thing I need is something else to do online. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I get that. But the people, I also gained people, not only just people who didn't live near me. That's obvious. But, but what I gained is people who actually prefer to dance at home. The introverts, the intimidated people with autoimmune disorders who will never go to a gym. There are lots of people who love my online classes or any online fitness class. So if you are in any of those categories, and even if you're not in those categories, if you don't have a class near you that's in person, try it. I have been shocked to discover the extent to which I, as a teacher, can transmit sensory experience through the tiny lens on my computer. I have learned how to manipulate my consciousness, how to shift in such a way that you will have a certain sensation on the other side. I'm, I'm baffled and dazzled by how well mm. online air works. It doesn't do the things that in person, I mean, it doesn't help you like meet other people right there in the room. And you know, there's, cause it's online versus in person, but you can have a full, complete, holistic, uplifting Nia experience online. Okay. And so folks that want to try this and they'd like to work with Paula, it's paulachambers.me. Is that right? Yes. paulachambers.me. paulachambers.me. And folks, I will put the links to this as well as to neonow.com in the show notes. You guys can find that there. And so folks would come in and now if they're, this is going to be a, what they're probably what they're thinking, right? This is going to, what, maybe a Zoom type experience where they can put you up on the screen and see what's going on and follow along. Is that how that works? It is a Zoom experience. I do use gallery mode, but not to surveil. I do not surveil my students and say, hey, you, you know, Tammy, get your legs up or something like that. That's from <laughs> okay. Jill. That's not right. Nia. I only watch to see what people are doing because it makes me feel less alone as I teach. And I might say, you know, great, great, Emily, or wow, Jane, awesome. If I see they're, they're doing something that is just great. You know, I, I try to connect with students when I can, but it's never to correct or to call out a person. Hey, you know, John, you're not working hard enough. Never, 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 never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Different mentality than our, our boot camps and our aerobics classes, I suppose. Yep. All right. So folks can go there. Now, Paula, as, as we're finishing up here, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? I would like to continue teaching my NIA classes online. When it is safe to return to in-person, I'm going to stay online and add an in-person class or two on a limited time-defined basis, like I would do maybe a four-week series for Sundays at 12 noon or something like that, or a special one-time class, because the grind of teaching in person only is not sustainable for me anymore. That's what the pandemic has taught me. In addition to how awesome Zoom teaching is, it's also awesome because it makes me less stressed and it costs me very little financially. So my practice is earning money now for the first time ever. And I love it. I love expressing myself through the camera and making a a magical experience happening for them on the other side. So What's next for me, I hope, is more students. I'm really on a big campaign to build my visibility through podcasting 
And it is a huge honor and joy to be here talking with you and your audience today. Well, I, I will say I found this discussion to be very enlightening, very educational. I, I mean, I had no idea what NEO was. I went to your website, of course, and kind of had a, a look at the corporate website. But I didn't know that was a thing until you brought it to my attention. So you've raised my awareness. And certainly, I'm a fan. I, I, obviously, I'm a fan of anything that promotes healthy lifestyle, especially for those of us that are over 50 and aging, we want to age well. And I am a big fan of anything that really works on that mind-body connection and that holistic mind-body-spirit. Certainly sounds like you guys have got a lock on that. I love the work you're doing. So, Paula, as we're wrapping up here, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your passion and your wisdom with us, and I wish you all the best in all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. I have one closing thought. Looks is a losing game. To to value your body or to even define it by how it looks or to say, oh, I don't like my thighs because they're too fat or I don't like my upper arms because they're getting chunky and wiggly. That is a losing game. As we age, it does get harder and harder to look like the youthful ideal. Sensation is where it's at. If you learn to value your body for the sensations that it gives you, for the pleasure that it gives you the joy of movement, all sensations. If you learn to value your sensations, you will love your body going forward. Wow, that's a powerful way to finish here. Looks is a losing game. Learn to value that sensation. That's how we can stay in touch with our body. And have we talk a lot on this show about self-love and body love and body image. What a fantastic way to wrap things up here. So, Paula, again, I wish you all the best and just keep doing what you're doing. The world needs more of that. Thank you. I hope to see you in my class sometime soon. our show for this week. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle, as well as a couple of new assessments. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you and your health and wellness journey. I also want to let you know that you can find all the links to the resources we discussed in this episode over at silveredgefitness.com. And you can continue the conversation over there as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on today's show. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong. Thank you.